We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare. Has the Constitution lived up to its claim of unity and perfection? Our names are Caesar and Abril, and we're students of the Clemente course making a podcast about the Constitution and how it relates to income inequality. Our big question today is, are we really moving towards being a more perfect union when the top 10% of families in America hold 76% of all wealth? All of the research that we did pointed to the fact that income inequality is not mentioned directly in the U.S. Constitution. This means that the Constitution doesn't necessarily promise income equality in America. Some may say that it could fall under the Equal Protection Clause, but it's very generalized, and many of our sources say that it's too complex to fit within that clause. Because of this, we decided to do research in our school to see how income inequality really affects people individually and um, in our community especially. The first person we interviewed was a teacher. And I teach at East High School and I'm in, I teach geography and uh, student government. Awesome. So my first question for you is, as a teacher, how have you noticed income plays into grades in schooling? Um, whew, that's like a heavy, heavy question there, kiddo. Uh, I don't actually see that money, um, like family money, helps a kid be smarter or limits a kid's academic ability. It's not the money part. It's like your brain is your brain. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like whatever your parents are doing is whatever your parents are doing. What I often see is that kids who have more money because their parents are telling them to go to college and their their kids are telling them to take AP and you're going to do this and you're going to do this. So like they're, mm. they're pushing themselves in a different way, even if their brain is not smart enough to handle the class. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. there's a whole bunch of kind of smart kids in AP class who are just like drowning because their parents have a little bit more money. Their parents went to college and their parents have been telling them to do these things forever. And then on the flip side of that, I see just the opposite, right? Okay. But at East, I can guarantee you there's something weird happening. And like Miss Bolas's AP Human Geography class will be like 80 to 95% white. And my core geography class will be 80 to 95% black brown. It's like a, it's an interesting game of like psychology, money, sociology, politics, you know, and it's sad because I feel like the people, the people who lose this game are the people who are just trying to like feed their kids and pay their rent. After interviewing a teacher, we decided to get more student insight and we decided to interview Ku and Hilda. Ku is a senior and Hilda is a sophomore and we had to ask them some very difficult questions. So I appreciate you guys for talking to us. My first question to them was if they had a job. I don't. Mm. Someone consider a job. Mm -hmm. I babysit, but it's for yeah. free, so I don't think. Yeah, yeah. kind of counts. Um, well, you don't have a job, but has your job ever prevented you from getting school help or from coming to class at all? Um, I would say yeah, because I have to babysit. Like, let's say my parents have to go to work that day. I have to stay home and 
take care of the kids, so I can't come to school that day, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that also ties into when you don't have, when you're not able to pay for a babysitter mm-hmm. every day or for a daycare, um, you're not able to go to school because yeah. of it, right? Do you think that's affected your schooling in any way? Um, I would say yeah, because whenever my my siblings get sick, I always tell my parents, hey, if you need me to stay home, I'll stay home. We also discussed their experiences with the Leopard Boutique and other of the services offered at our school. With the whole going to the boutique thing, I've always gone to like, you know, it's like where those like pantries where your parents can mm-hmm. go and like, yeah. I've food, always, food yeah, I've yeah. always been there. So like at this point, like going to the mm-hmm. boutique, I'm like, hi guys, mm-hmm. I'm here for free clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... As soon as I noticed that like I was in that situation, I, so I reached out to the boutique and I went down, and um, I, I was a little stressed, like like a little stressed, and like it was hard for me to even say like that I was okay. I needed something, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. um, and like you know, I and I see other people, students were there, and I'm like, wow, and um, I. I think like uh, expectation is like so, so important to people. At, I think and mm-hmm. so like, but the reality is it's like, yes, like I'm dirty. I need some clothes, like you know, so I can um, do well in school. Like you know, so I don't have to mm-hmm. like go around with people and then like, being embarrassed about how I look. Yeah, know? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I understand that. Um, another question I have is have issues with money ever prevented you from taking classes or extracurriculars that you'd like, mm-hmm. like in current enrollment classes, APs, or sports, for example? Um, I would say, yeah, because I would love to be, like, a sporty person, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, first of all, don't have the time because, again, I babysit. And mm-hmm. also, I don't have, like, the money or the means to get to a sport or, like, an event. I'm already struggling with student government. I can't struggle more with, like, other sports. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, like, with the extra credit classes or the, the curricular things, I, yeah, I don't feel like I should get into those classes because mm-hmm. either I feel like I'm not smart enough for them or, like, I'm probably going to struggle a lot in that class. It'll probably be, like, a waste of time for me to... And well, money. I think you're definitely smart enough okay, to take girl. those classes. Um, <clears throat> definitely think you're smart enough. Well, like, well, for me, um, I was born in, like, a refugee camp. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, my parents used to always say, like, um, that um, we may not have money, but we must, like, work together so mm-hmm. that, like, even though we uh, we face the, like, like problems financially, uh, we still like, uh, like, just you know, just come together and then yeah. like yeah. So then we can discuss discuss it later, even though um, it's important, you know, because mm-hmm. like um, once like you know, like you know my pa- my family they are always like humble about everything, because like when they, cause they don't have anything, you know, like when they receive something like they're so, like happy like um like. They're very thankful about it. Um, me, for me, like, I used to, um, I couldn't, like, afford to go to, like, the dance classes. Um, and, like, the clothing and everything. Plus the makeup. Like, I, I couldn't afford anything. So, like, I was just, um, 
a normal person, like, like you know, mm-hmm. I just stay home and like I really wanted to dance, but I think um, that's why like money keeps me away from um, mm-hmm. the things that I really want to do, like I'm interested in too. Um, the stories that Ku and Hilda told us were extremely impactful and very brave of them to speak out on. And once you compare it to Bonnie's interview, you notice that there are a lot of similarities between what they say our struggles definitely are, what our teachers have noticed, and our education is definitely impacted in a lot of different ways. I would like to end this by thanking our school and Bonnie for the great resources they have provided for low-income students. If anyone is struggling in any way, make sure to visit the Student and Family Support Center on A floor and don't be embarrassed to reach out for help.